and I've been getting really irritated with all like the pop stations. And yeah. Even like, even like the hip hop stations, I've been getting tired of them because it's like y'all aren't consistent. Y'all are just playing all this weird music. So I found myself listening to the oldies stations, and it's funny because I'm driving around people who used to listen to the oldies station like 20 years ago, and they're just like, when I listened to this 20 years ago, they played music from the 50s and 60s, and I'm just like, whoa, that's a little too heavy, dude, don't tell me that. Hey everybody, welcome to Daily Anime Podcast. It's me, Jefferson. With me today is, um, how would you like to, me to refer to you as? Um. You can introduce yourself. Do, uh, I, we usually on our show, for, for whatever reason we decided, like, we do our, um, internet name mm-hmm. and then otherwise known as our real name. <laughs> okay, alright. But, uh, I heard on one of your shows you went with, uh, your Real name first, and then um, anime terrorist. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, at one of your shows. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no. Okay. All right. But uh, we could just do um, Jefferson and Rob because that's perfectly fine with me. Okay. I have like a bunch of friends named Robert, so I'm always confused. Okay, that's Rob. Okay, that's Robert. Okay. They're kind of the same person. No, he's really tall. That, that's how it goes. Okay, there's tall Rob. So, all right. Jeff and Rob works fine. All right. Okay. Um, do you have um an outline of points you want to hit first, or um, yeah, or I just out, I brought out a couple of my thoughts. Um, okay. Yeah, naturally, my thoughts don't include like a a basis for the show, like what the show is about, or a plot summary. Or who are these characters? It just it went straight to this is a pretty gay show, <laughs> <laughs> and like here is how I want to discuss like the distinctions between Takeo and um, uh, Sunakawa, and, and that's basically just like where my notes went. It's <laughs> a long rant. If you listen to any of my Legend of the Galactic Heroes episode, that's basically how I do those shows. Is just oh. here is my thought. Here's a paragraph. I may read the paragraph. I may not read the paragraph. But, but yeah, most other things you'll see that if I do it, it'll it'll be just sort of random and it'll be just kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm thinking it's worse than it is, but I'm pretty subconscious. Stream of consciousness is a pretty good way to do things, oh. and the magic of editing. True. True. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So. I guess I'll just start kind of with where I want to go in a sort of outline of what I think about Ori Monogatari. Obviously, it's one of my favorite shows of the season, and I know it's yours. Yeah. If not the favorite yeah, was, one of. Yeah, it's one of the favorites. Okay. I'm not even sure what my favorite is this season. Okay. There's a decent number of shows, but I have yeah. a really highly discriminatory taste. So, <laughs> like, when I find a show that I like, it'll be like that. I mean, obviously for me, it's not like my favorite show ever, but, or even like on my top 10, maybe top 25, maybe (laughs) I'll give it that, but definitely a show that I like a lot. Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, so I guess I'll talk about like the plot 
at least a little bit loosely about the plot and <laughs> interject in. Feel free to interject in any moment when I'm just going on. Since you the homie. Um Okay. No, oh just... wait, wait, wait. I think before I want to go into that, you wanna introduce your show and tell us about Zero Parts Articulated? Because I didn't write out like an introduction to y'all or anything. Um we're just uh Really, we just talk about uh, anime, tokusatsu, whatever random shit um, interests us at a time. Like, uh, one of our... My fiancé is on it, so she'll talk about comics every once in a while. And um, our other co-host, Jimmy, he's basically an expert on collectibles and toys, so he'll talk about things he bought. So it's just a general nerd podcast focusing on Japanese uh, um, media. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's the vibe I got from listening to a couple episodes here and there. Like I said, I don't really listen to a lot of shows right now. So, but I mean, it was like y'all, y'all pretty cool. You seem pretty cool. So, I figured I'd invite you on. <laughs> Thanks for the invite, though. <laughs> no, no problem. I need people to talk to <laughs> that aren't that aren't forty. So. Yeah, I'm like currently between jobs, so Jimmy jokes around, says I'm currently a professional podcaster, so <laughs> this came at the best time. Me too, I just graduated, so <laughs> I'm waiting to hear back about jobs. Oh. Uh, so scary. <laughs> but yeah. Alright. So, Orimonogatari. We get finally getting to talk about the show. Um... Translated as sort of like my story. I know other people have it as translated as my love story, which I mean fits because that's kind of what it's about. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I think it's interesting how the show starts off with a story about the red and blue demon or Oni. And this is something that I've seen before in anime, but this show, at least for the first like three or four episodes or so, just really runs with it. And it's about this char- these two friends, Takeo uh, Goda and Sunakawa. I forget Sunakawa's first name because you only uh, hear as Sunakawa, so I'm just I'm gonna call Ma- him that. Hmm? Makoto. Yeah, I Makoto think. Sunakawa. Yes. All right. Thanks. You got me there. Okay. <laughs> and Takeo is the traditional uh, shonen character in terms of like someone who's really masculine and is just like really big like he's a giant and that's what everyone notices about him all the sports clubs want him all the all the boys love him because it's just like whoa dude you really saved our sports team out right and you just i think if you're a dude you just think he's cool um and i want to go into that a little bit more as the show goes on but um yeah sunakawa is not the opposite but Sunakawa is a slim, kind of tallish, but not as tall as Takeo, um, kind of pretty boy, right? He's really popular with Yeah, girls. he's hmm? kind of the stereotypical uh, protagonist of a shoujo-type series. Yeah. And there is, um, not I guess not to say tension between the two at first, it's more like a, oh, wow, all the girls like you, at least this is from Takeo, all the girls like you, Sunakawa, but you always turn them down. What is even your type? I like that girl. 
So it's just sort of like a mystery of he's supposed to be like really cool, like you said, like the character in a shoujo, a protagonist, or maybe a main love interest in a shoujo manga, right? Yeah. And one day on the train, um, they're on it and they see a girl being groped by a molester on a train. And naturally, Takeo, being the manly man he is, or masculine, super masculine dude he is, I think I'll correct myself there, just goes over and saves her. And just, like, it's like picks up her molester just because he can <laughs> and takes him over to the police. And it seems like he's more in trouble with the cops than the molester because they're just seeing this dude, like, just, like, brute forcing this, <laughs> brute forcing this dude who doesn't Drag look innocent. <laughs> doesn't look innocent by any means, but, like, he is clearly scarier than this dude. And the girl... Um, Yamato, I forget her other name, but Yamato-san falls in love with Takeo, and they get together after some dumb high school melodrama, and then that's really the setup for the show. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's what, third episode where that gets resolved? Third episode, they actually communicate with each other, and that was amazing, so it usually takes longer. Yeah. So yeah, that's a pretty good show. I mean, mean, to me, it's kind of like how people talk about um... I've seen this trend in some anime recently, but it's like, here's where you have a romance, like an American romance, it'll be like, they're going to have all some kinds of trials and tribulations, and at the end, they're going to get together and live happily ever after, and like French dramas, like they will get together at the very beginning and then go through all kinds of trials and tribulations. (laughs) They got together pretty quickly, and it doesn't seem like they're going through any sort of real, like, tests, other than like dumb high school melodrama yeah but it's not like oh, yeah. the bad kind it's a weird kind you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. I, I i read um a little bit of the manga so i'm like slightly ahead of the anime like the drama they do overcome is pretty easy because like they're just the type of people that actually listen or like it, it doesn't seem like the drama is actually going to come from the within their relationship which I have fears that it could make the series stale over a long time, but it's still very much enjoyable. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think that's where I say the show is not about their relationship at all. Yeah. Because, like, even Sunakawa said, it's like, you two are the cutest fucking couple ever. Excuse my language. (laughs) You two are the cutest couple, and you're going to be doing dumb bickering for, like, ever. And it's mm-hmm. not even really bickering. It's just like, oh, wow, it's great today. Yeah, it's really great. It's great being with you. Oh, I love being with you, too. Right? It's the most disgustingly cute relationship <laughs> in anime. And, like, ugh, it's... Like, I don't even understand how a high school girl can afford to bake as much as she does for him. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it looks like she's from, like, a, a much upper-class family than... Um, Sunakawa and Takeo, because like her kitchen is huge. They have a house, like she has a house. We saw that, so like that's a pretty big deal in Japan. Actually, having a house, and that's kind of like one of those things about her character that's really interesting. Because whenever we see her in her house, it looks just really <laughs> sad. And she's always alone. It's dark and alone, except for like a small light in the kitchen where she's just like cooking. <laughs> for him uh, and and like honestly it's just like does she have family 
is she like only here to like adore and show affection to our protagonist? <laughs> so that, that, that'd be a scary thought for it. Like just having like, I would like to see more of like her life outside of Takeo at some point. Yeah. And like the closest we got to that was when she introduces him to her friends and they have like that big group date and her friends are basically doing whatever all the other girls do and just talk shit about Takeo behind his back and then he saves their lives because he's a fucking badass. Yeah, normally whenever I say something like, oh, whenever something goes bad, I say everything's on fire. Oh, yeah. Normally can't actually say that about a situation. But this show, <laughs> this show, you can say, yes, everything gets on fire. <laughs> For at least one episode, everything's on fire. For one episode. So, I mean, I am really interested because they're they're going into showing more of their families. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really interested in where that goes. Because, I mean, we've been seeing, mostly seeing uh, Sunakawa's family. And just, like, his older sister who, for other hilarious reasons, is the one other girl on Japan who loves Takeo. For like silly high school reasons, even though she's in college, yeah. right? You look like a flower. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like what? <laughs> uh, I, we've just been like picking through things. Here's what I thought was really funny, but it's pretty funny. And like, yeah, I think if it was just like, I feel like every problem that their relationship kind of encounters. Is just like I'm too pure for you, right? Like that has been like the biggest problem in this is that, oh, I'm not as pure as you think I am. I want to be hugged, and I want to cuddle, and I want to <laughs> kiss you. That's like some of the purest problems that you could possibly have, though. I know, right? So it's just like if there was a show that I can watch that I can say embodies everything that is moe it is this show <laughs> like all of these characters except for sunakawa is just, well even sunakawa at points it's just like super moe <laughs> it's like nichijo and this are like super moe oh nichijo see just... it's funny you mentioned that as a comparison because i'm actually showing um a couple of buddies of mine this alongside nichi joe so like it's been a it's been fun yes oh, that's, that's really that's really nice of you like i will torture people with watamode because i'm the worst person <laughs> i will show them something cool and awesome like i don't even know an example like we'll watch like g gundam because i'm like everyone's seen g gundam and everyone likes watching g gundam so yeah, yeah. we'll do g gundam then we'll do watamode and then we'll do gundam unicorn <laughs> i will just like go everywhere with it like that that's sensible doing this show and like nichi joe is like perfect yeah <laughs> congrats i you have my applause have my applause um, is there any like really favorite moment that you have so far? Really, um, I like well, not so much a moment, but um, I like how the series sort of plays around with um, the dynamics of friendship, and we're kind of um in this episode, and definitely I know what I know is coming in the next episode. We're going to see the dynamics of Takeo 
and Sonakawa's relationship be kind of tested in some ways. And I think it's sort of interesting to show like how important friendship can be, even in your other relationships in life. Yeah. 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 And that's what I like about the show. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I was going to say I have some beef with it. I was like, no, I don't actually have beef with that because I think that's an accurate description of the show. I really think that all the drama, if there is like true drama in the show, in terms of the emotional weight that the show carries is between uh, Takeo and Sunakawa. Mm-hmm. Which is why I say that this show is really gay. <laughs> right? Maybe not gay, but you know. It, order. it borders. It borders it, especially with the most recent episode where he worked at the Bro Cafe. Got <laughs> 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 right. Cause, I mean, that like, was amazing. <laughs> I know, right? Because Takio oh. and Yamato are not, they are not a problem at all. Like, yeah. They are set. They will overcome anything placed in front of them because they are the purest characters. But Takeo and Sunakawa, even though that relationship is also like super pure in terms of I've known you my whole life, you're the one person who can make me smile type relationship, like that's what Sunakawa would be like with Takeo. And like, yeah, it's definitely about those two. Maybe not like homoerotic. Like, I'm trying to make it out to be. Um, so there's not a lot of that, but it's definitely like, man, you're my bro. Well, they do kiss in, in one of us. They did. They did. I was like, I want to practice kissing. I don't want to <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> and he's like, please don't do this to me. I don't want this to be my first kiss, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Um, and I think, yeah, this is a per- this is a good point to step back and think through the characters thematically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess to set the groundwork, there is, um, I think I'll start with Yamato. Yamato, she is she is basically like the purest shoujo character. Like, <laughs> like she looks the part, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Like she looks... Like, um, have you world. seen um, Girls Monthly uh, Nozaki? No, that's mm-hmm. actually on my thing to watch next. Um... In the there's a manga within the anime, and she's so pure that she actually reminds me of like the caricature of purity in that manga. <laughs> right, it's beautiful. No, it's not. It's actually really disgusting to watch. It's, it's too pure. It's too pure for my gross uh, post grad life. Okay, and you have Takeo, who I as I said before is a very masculine character and huge. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where I want to make the distinction between masculinity and manliness, although the two, I think, are closely tied in together. Um, But the other character, who I think is a little bit more interesting than these characters, is Sunakawa, who I would say is the manly character. Yeah. Right? And the reason Mm -hmm. why I make that distinction is... um, because masculinity is just sort of like having the qualities, whether you're good or bad, of a man. So it would just, and I think that I don't think that's necessarily universal because I also think that that's cultural to an extent is like what we associate with masculinity. 
because masculinity mm-hmm. does kind of change in between cultures, especially in cultures that have like multiple genders, like the Choctaw culture, which have like seven genders. Um, that's that's a whole issue entirely, but I think because this show is specifically set in Japan, which is a patriarchal society that makes the bounds of discussing masculinity and manliness a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sunakawa is manly. And Sunakawa being this slim, basically shoujo love interest that all the girls kind of go after, right? The reason why I say he's manly, even though he's not particularly masculine in terms of the physicality of Takeo, Sunakawa is manly in that he has all of the values that Takeo would have in terms of loyalty and cutting mm-hmm. and seeing through people to what they really are, basically who you are behind people's back, how you talk about them, etc. And he carries himself with the qualities of a gentleman, right? Yeah. So he embodies like basically what girls like and he is i think um if you've ever listened to the older episodes of anime world order like there's like one point where daryl talks about shonen versus neo shonen and that is the gradual shift in depicting boys and men on screen and so you have old shonen shows like fist of the north star and I think yeah. an even better example would be JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? Oh, Where it starts off and you have like these super buff dudes fighting each other. And they're like muscle men, like laying it out in like a potentially post-apocalyptic environment. And as history has gone on from the 80s and 90s until now, it's like these super buff dudes, even in shows that are directed towards boys, right, have been replaced with slimmer, prettier boys who embody the sort of masculinity that um, Sunakawa um, basically has, right? Yeah. And, like, on the surface, there's a division between these two camps. Because, I mean, like, whereas potentially, I think in the first episode, you could see a little tension between Takeo and Sunakawa. Um, Takeo not really be- being, maybe not jealous. Actually, yeah, jealous of Sunakawa and his ability to attract girls. And Sunakawa is mostly being like the unreadable character. It's like, what is going on, right? You don't seem bad, but you don't show a lot. It takes like two or three episodes to even find out why he's turning down everyone. Yeah, and it's a really good reason why he turns Mm -hmm. them down. It's because he sees through through the girls for who they really are. And it's like... Yeah, don't talk bad about my friends behind their backs. It's like, that's really noble. That's yeah. pretty manly, right? Yeah, it's a pretty, it is. And whereas Takeo is pure masculinity. I mean, he has some of the same conventions, uh, convictions as Sanakawa, but he definitely has a more girly side to him. Yeah. Especially when it comes to Japanese culture, because, like, loving the sweets and cakes and stuff is seen as sort of a girly thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas physically, he's, like, the ideal of, like, Japanese masculinity. He's, like, hardworking, reliable, just strong, and accomplishes what he said he's gonna, what he says he's going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the differences between the two are just really important distinctions of the different things that make up, like, the idea of Japanese males. Mm-hmm. Right. Perfect. 
And so, like, yeah. And I think that really, I've seen this in other shonen anime recently, where they stretch the limits of what it is to become a man, right? And I like that, because it's becoming, it's moving away from, like, here is the Fist of the North Star villain. Because when I first saw this show, and I saw Takeo, I said, this dude (laughs) is, like, the villain that Kinshiro would fight and, like, he would be doing very bad things. And, like, he would be, like, I don't know, like a biker gang. And Kinshiro would punch him and his head would explode. Stealing an old man's bag of rice so he can't plant it. Yes! Like, that's that was my immediate... It was just, like, they put him in, like, a stereotypical high school anime protagonist who's kind of shy. And so it was really weird to see. Right, and that's what makes it funny because it's so unnatural. But I mean, I also think it's just like really interesting, and a sort of rereading of the shonen genre from like a sort of shojo perspective, where they can sort of redefine what it is to become a man, and towards potentially more of becoming like a woman, but just displaying all these noble qualities and saying, yes, we love. <laughs> we love these old show, uh, shonen heroes and villains. It's great, and that's that's. I mean, that's functionally how I'm enjoying and reading the show. And like, yeah, I like. What would you classify this as a shonen or a shojo show? Um, I'm. I think it's a shojo. I think it's in a shojo magazine because uh, it's uh, written by. Uh... Someone who did a bunch of other shoujo stuff. Um, something about like uh, I think the other famous one they did was like high school debut or something about a girl who was in a uh, softball and had this popular guy teach her how to be dateable, I guess. And then does she fall in love with him? Yeah. The, okay. <laughs> it's like every I'm gonna make you dateable story. It's like and then I fell in love with him. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, the, the ending is kind of a foregone conclusion on that one. <laughs> you know what this actually reminds me of? Mm. Um, I guess talking about shoujo, is that Harutoshi Fukui, the dude who wrote the Gundam Unicorn novels, who is basically Japan's Tom Clancy, um, wrote a shoujo manga. <laughs> and like the love interest is just like a Japanese nationalist who will do anything for his country, and like I'm 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 reading that shojo. I forgot what it was called. I reviewed it years ago on some random blog somewhere, a shojo blog somewhere. <laughs> my my internet history is just like riddled with what have I done? I don't want to know what I did on the internet, but like I feel like shojo is an interesting place. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, you have like, your boring, stereotypical sh- uh, stories that are formulaic, uninteresting, and like, you can see where they goes. And then you have weird things like this. And that manga about like, that was re- re- rewriting <laughs> Japanese nationalism into like, the love interest <laughs> of a young high school girl. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like... Like I think, I think shoujo's the place. If you ask me, it's just like, I mean, that's not to like hate on Shonen Jump, because like, I yeah. like I like me some Naruto, 
I like me some. I've never seen One Piece, but I I like shows like that. I love Hunter Hunter, but it's just like what is what is going on over here? <laughs> it's just like crazy stuff, like Rose of Versailles. Aim for the well, ace. It, it's sort of interesting. Like Shonen and Shoujo are often seen like as very different entities, but I've noticed as of late that like some of the subject material is strangely parallel to each other, which is characters really discovering themselves, and with like the growing the growing trend of individualism that's developing in Japanese youth nowadays is like this is being reflected in often this like similar ways in the works now, and it's making some for some pretty interesting content to come out. I mean, I would say that shoujo has been really interesting, at least potentially really interesting since like the seventies, because mm-hmm. you had like all these radical um, female mangaka. I forgot what they were called, but like one of them like wrote like Two Terra, which is my favorite manga ever, because it just really speaks to like the counterculture person in me. Have you heard of Two Terra? I have not. Oh my god, it's great. Like, there's an anime and there's a movie made about it that that, that aren't as great. If you, if you get the chance, read the manga because it's a really beautiful manga. It's about space psychics, and it's like Gundam. They took out all the robots and had like the space politics, and it was just about new types. That sounds actually very interesting. Yes, it is. It is super interesting. And like, maybe it was just like the here's the person who's really interested in all the movements that happened in the 60s and 70s in me, but I'll just be like, is this person Malcolm X? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that, that's how I read manga. Like, even, well, not so much, like, Astro Boy. That doesn't come up as much in Astro Boy, but... Yeah. Like, I mean, Astro Boy is his own entity. Because Tezuk is crazy. Because he had Astro Boy... If you ever read, like, some of the later volumes of Astro Boy, it'll just be, like, Astro Boy goes to Vietnam, time-traveling. Astro Boy goes to America and fights for the new civil rights campaign. So it'll just be like, what is Tezuka? <laughs> You're a really interesting person. I love you. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, manga's anime is interesting. Sometimes I forget that it... Sometimes I forget that it is. And Ori Monogatari comes along with its really utopian-type setting and just reminds me that, hey, there's a reason you like this stuff, Jefferson. <laughs> Just wait till you get to actually see uh, Takeo's dad. He doesn't really do anything, but his face is amazing. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that just to see his face animated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At least, I mean, I knew I had a lot to look forward to. How many episodes is this for? 12 or 13? Um, I believe it's actually already uh, confirmed to go on to the next season as oh. a continue on. Okay. So I think I might actually get 24, so that'd be cool. Okay. I mean, I'm with you in that this show kind of worries me. It's like, where are they going to get their conflict to drive yeah. the story? And I mean, I think the conflict that they've made... Not so the conflict between Takeo and Yamato, um, but just like... The conflicts that they've done are kind of interesting, but I, I actually that does really worry me now because like, what I hate about a lot of these shows, um, 
especially the ones that are more like, I'm going to make you more outgoing. I'm going to make you prettier. I'm going to make you more dateable. It's like, I was like, oh no, I've made you too dateable. Now other people will want you, right? Because <laughs> then it becomes like jealousy. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to live with jealousy, right? Um, I'm pretty sure Takeo doesn't have it in him to be jealous. Yeah. We say that, but I'm really scared that it might. <laughs> he'd kill a dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't think he'd kill a dude. He's accidentally. Even though he's wild and presented as sort of like a noble child, but just kind of wild and potentially dangerous because he's so big. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of also what I like about him because he's kind of like chaotic neutral in that sense <laughs> or maybe chaotic good i would say he's like chaotic good yeah definitely on the good alignment yeah i wouldn't say neutral because he hasn't done anything evil yet <laughs> yeah yeah um going back to the one thing that, mm-hmm. i haven't really been this worried about a series kind of falling apart on me though since like one week friends oh my god that show thanks for reminding me that it existed because <laughs> it's like the first like two episodes really strong and i was emotionally invested and then it was just kind of like we're just going to repeat the same problem over and over again and, okay <laughs> i mean that was the show is we're going to repeat the same yeah. problem over and over again <laughs> and then when we develop it we have to intensify it to where it's just awful <laughs> and I can't watch it. And I love yeah. my friend's reaction to me watching that show. It was just like, why are you watching this, Jefferson? You'd hate this. This is torture for you. And I said, it is, exactly. <laughs> I'm a masochist now. <laughs> yeah. I think I may have other things to say, but I think to say it coherently, I'm, I've mostly said my piece. Um... Yeah. I am. I don't have much else to say about Horimonogatari as it is right now. Okay. Alright. So I guess we can kind of move into, like, final thoughts. So, I guess, any last words on this show? At least um, for this episode? This has actually been pretty fun. Um, Horimonogatari is a fun series. It's fun to talk about. Um... I would love to be back on if you'd have me. Oh, yeah, I would. So, yeah. All right. I look forward to doing this again sometime. Okay. All right. Um, I like the show a lot, as y'all can tell. Um, <laughs> I'm a little worried about its future, especially because, like, this is the problem that, like, shows that kind of build themselves up to be kind of utopian have, like Star Trek. Like, Star Trek is supposed to be set in, like, the perfect... At least the original Star Trek is supposed to be set in, like, a scientific utopia, so you can't have, like, scientists being the villain. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, how do you have, like, a drama? And this show kind of has that problem, in that the characters are kind of so perfect. Um, but, like, you have all these external forces coming in and making drama. So, but, so I mean, I guess I'm kind of worried about that, but... I'm not too worried to the point where I'm, like, afraid to watch every episode like I have been with other shows, so. Yeah. Like, it might 
it might degrade into fluff at some point, but it will be enjoyable fluff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those cute shows I can watch, and I don't come out with, like, a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> Anyways, this has been pretty great having you on the show, Rob. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. Thanks for listening to the show. It's me, Jefferson, signing out. But before we go, as always, you can give us some feedback or con- comments or whatever. Send us an email, dailyanimepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a tweet, at dailyanimepod. Or, you know, go to the old website, dailyanimepodcast.com, and leave a comment on the blog. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day.